thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you've tuned to the guard frequency because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is actually episode 240 of the Best Damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, November 30th, and made available for download on Tuesday, December 4th, 2018, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Henry. And I'm Tony. And Henry's waiting for, waiting for, waiting for you to make my streams come true, right Jeff? That's right, Tony. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak or Facebook.com slash GuardFreak. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, you should come join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping's done, so let's get to the show. What have we got in store this week, Jeff? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, X4, Dual Universe, and No More Sky. And let's not forget Hellion. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDonough on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, with a satisfying ending to the second adventure, either this week or maybe next week. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checkers green, call the ball. Don't get taken home with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of Space Sims. Frontiers stretched out the beta another week, but seriously, this Monday is absolutely the end. And they either ruined emergent gameplay or removed a severe annoyance, depending on who you ask. There was also a live stream, and a new community-driven game event is gearing up that is completely in Guard Frequency's wheelhouse. CIG continued its free fly week, selling out its Idris K upgrade kits and launching the Alpoa Santok Yai fighter. All the spicy free ship action enticed old-school Guard Frequency staff members Skiffy and Jace to Hurston to check things out, and they shared their impressions with Tony. CIG also released the Anvil Arrow Q&A, and all these things boil down to one thing. Turrets. Hey, I was there too. I've been in Hurston all week. Oh yeah, but we're all going to talk about your experience. They were just saying that there's going to be extra yeah, talk. They're, yeah, you were there, yeah, okay. but there's going to be there's other stuff, yeah. And you weren't there the night when Skiffy and Jace were there, and Skiffy was having relativistic Einsteinian space-time effects. 
It was amazing. <laughs> I think I, I think I experienced those, but I probably uh, was there. I just wasn't in chat. Oh. Uh, and everybody's got things happening this week. Hellion has a new Rude Awakening update and trailer out. No Man's Sky has updated its update. Dual Universe has a new trailer commemorating its upgrade from pre-alpha to alpha. And, and, X4 was released today. It's been a good week for Space Sims, man. It's been a busy week for Space <laughs> Sims. Cool. So we'll start, we'll go backwards. Uh, so I bought X4, but I haven't downloaded it yet because I'm getting ready to upgrade my hard drive. Jeff, you downloaded X4 this morning? Yeah, this morning at release date, uh, as soon as they said go, I went and I had it down in like 15 minutes, all nine mm -hmm. gigabytes. And, um, you know, and I jumped in, this was right before work, so um, I didn't get much play time. So I came, after work, I came back and tried to play it and was sorely disappointed. Not in the game, uh, just in the mechanics, some of the mechanics that my my warthog was not uh, behaving like it does in other x games and i wondered why and so i've been trying to work that out reading the forms of other players and listening to discord chat on uh, with other players that have similar issues um i guess there's a bunch of control schemes that uh, a lot of people with the x52 pro and um some other um, sticks were also having some issues so it may just be a general controller input thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're trying to do. It's kind of like what I experienced with with Ubisoft. Um, Ubisoft have this has this weird thing with their Assassin's Creed series. If I can't play any Assassin's Creed games with my joysticks plugged in because my joysticks override any um, other uh, controllers that I have, and so I immediately just either spin in place or I'm always looking down at the ground and I can't move. Um, and a simple turn off this turn off this input would have been fixable, but they don't do it for some unknown reason. And I think that they have a, they're having the same kind of uh, similar issue with some people having you know like game pads plugged in and and oh, okay. super <clears throat> super super duper mouse and and yeah. you know so uh, the, that hid interface thing yeah okay seems kind of par for the course for them with releases being a little buggy but they always have a good record of following up and making their games really into something awesome so i haven't heard anything about game breaking problems though the problem you're reporting sounds like it's something that'll be fixed probably because it seems annoying but but still kind of minor is that right yeah yeah that or we'll script our own workaround you know i i've got a i've got a programmer i could probably program my joystick i mean it, i i usually empty it out um whenever i start a new game to see how the controller is and then build a profile around it and i can probably profile it into something that'll wor uh, work that's cool you know the thing that gets me uh, you know when i think about the things like with ubisoft and and uh you know these kind of games in this modern day age of supercomputing and and uh, programming and and where we're at technology wise and it, it just it, it's you know joysticks are not new to the gaming world the, yeah and and if you're gonna have an x4 type game you would think joysticks would have been like a big check mark on the list that they would have right you know made sure of and especially since it works very well in the other x4 x series games um it just boggles the mind 
maybe I'm happy that I didn't download it on day one, so I'll, I'll let it go. Uh, but if it, we'll we'll uh, we'll keep our ears to the ground. And hopefully, they get this uh, uh, fixed pretty quickly with a dot dot patch. Little joystick issue aside, though, was there anything good about it, like that you've enjoyed oh, so far? That uh, yeah, it's uh, it looks great, um, very great. It's a lot smoother um, than the last X three game, which was Albion. Yeah, and those were that's what I mean when I say they're buggy on release. I always had horrible performance on the first couple of like days or weeks after release, and then it seems to they work it out. But uh, your performance was good. Oh yeah, my performance was great. I was uh, I had no stuttering. Um, my it detected my R, R, R9 uh, quite well. Set it up in, in high. Um, I've got AA turned on. Um, I don't need uh, you don't need AA much in in space sims because there's a lot of black. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, uh, you know I've got it on a low setting and it, and uh, everything else is up. Uh, ultra and it's just smooth as can be so uh, I'm really looking forward to getting out there and actually flying and see how you know um, see if there's any clipping like when I fast roll my ship or turn real quickly and and uh, those kinds of things but uh, for what I've seen so far I'm I'm really impressed that's cool well, uh, moving along, because we got a lot to talk about here. Um, so, uh, Dual Universe has a new trailer out. Uh, I've linked it in there. Uh, down at the, I think it's the last link there. But if you guys haven't seen it, give it a, give it a quick watch. Um, but it's uh, basically they're announcing that the, uh, they've gone from pre-alpha to alpha stage, which is, you know, uh, I guess a, a big milestone. Um, but they've explicitly uh, told the uh, the people writing the article that they're going for a Minecraft meets Eve type uh, gameplay. And a lot of the trailer focused on building things. You know, building ships and, and buildings and such. So, um, they're, they're really... Some of the discussion we had a while back, I think, was basically centered around they're doing all this stuff first and then they'll put combat in later. And I think that's on purpose. Um, they really are focusing a lot of the gameplay and a lot of the uh, um, advertising for the the building end of things and the creation end of things. Building games grab people for a different reason than combat. I think, like, I played the hell out of Space Engineers and I didn't do much combat. I like to build stuff up and, like, I'd maroon an astronaut and try to live on finding resources with mods. That's the kind of stuff I'd do. Um, I didn't do a whole lot of fighting because there wasn't a whole lot built up to fight. There was, like, no AI. The game never got finished. In fact, I think it's been abandoned now. But um, uh, there was, like, no AI to fight, and the multiplayer was terrible. So building was really what it was all about. But I spent hours and hours and hours in it. Dual Universe already blows them away because there's more to do, and it looks better, and you're talking bigger worlds, really. So Dual Universe would kind of be right up my alley. Um, whether combat's good or not, you know. Yeah, and I think uh, hopefully they they mentioned there's going to be some safe zones, so combat is is uh, apparently sort of optional. So uh, people who spend a lot of time and energy and effort creating things aren't necessarily going to have them be at immediate risk uh, when they log out. So these are these are good things, and I, I like how they said it's Minecraft meets Eve Online, which indicates to me that the heavy emphasis is on Minecraft. And then a little Eve thrown in, too. And I think the Eve stuff is mostly about trading and cooperating with some combat flavor. I don't know. You, it it, it always, every time I see their one of their trades, it always reminds me of Entropy. 
I don't know if I'm familiar with him. It's like a second Second Life kind of game where it just it, it just reminds me of that game for some reason. Yeah, it seems like the direction they're going. We might have to ask that eternal question: Is this a space sim? After a little while with the universe, because it it, it kind of seems like maybe they're they're that's it, it's a little less space sim and more like space engineers, like uh, like Henry was saying. Uh, not that it's not a cool space game, but it may not be sort of the 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 sim angle may lose its uh, uh, its emphasis after a while. And speaking of that, No Man's Sky updated its update. Uh, over Thanksgiving, it got uh, a a I believe it's called the Vision or Visions yeah, update. People are really happy with and, that. Yeah, and the emphasis is going to is uh, on community and interaction. So there's a lot of it's if you think about community goals or um, like almost like red alerts uh, in Star Trek Online. Uh, you know, it's basically a a a, a weekly changing mission that gives you unique rewards for progressing in the system. So um, it's a real emphasis on getting people to play together and to um, uh, congregate around certain events. Uh, and so what they did this week was they, they as is tradition in these, uh, these things, they had some broken stuff and they released a, a, a dot dot patch to sort of uh, uh, correct some issues with that to keep that going. So um, Henry, once you have some time, you'll probably jump back into that. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. So, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. And finally, in our uh, uh, hodgepodge of things, uh, Hellion, which uh, some of us have been keeping an eye on, uh, also released a uh, an update called Rude Awakening, which they have indicated is going to start telling the story. So the whole the the uh, the reason why you're abandoned in orbit and uh, why you're having to put uh, a spaceship together from scrap and spare parts will be a little more explained apparently according to this uh this release so if you have uh, hellion uh and you want to update that uh, no spoilers uh but you can get out there and start learning uh, the story of why things are the way they are in orbit around a weird gas giant in the middle of nowhere kinshed has been playing that one more than anybody here i think he'll be excited about the update all right so let's talk about star citizen and Brian's not here this week again, so he, you know, I, I, I prefer when he's here to set me straight about things. We've had, we had some discussion in our uh, chat about what we're going to eventually talk about, so we can kind of, I'll, I'll bring his viewpoint into this. But the last week they had uh, the Idris K was an upgrade kit, turning the Idris P to getting uh, point defense turrets rather than its man turrets, and a big laser beam gun instead of its main gun whatever it had before not the real gun but some other big gun so a couple things uh number one this is a chance for uh cig to get people who'd already spent twelve hundred dollars on a ship to spend three hundred dollars more so good on them for that i guess and number two i thought we weren't doing beam weapons well i thought that wasn't a thing yeah, and then I heard somebody, uh, some one of the devs saying that they love beam weapons, but uh, but they're trying to, to balance them with kinetic weapons. So all right, but I thought we weren't doing beam weapons. I, I thought guess. so too. It's a realism but thing, right? That's is that it, what it was about? Well, part of it was it was yeah, part and part of it's a gameplay thing too. I mean, the the whole concept of Star Citizen from the beginning was World War II dogfighting in space, right? That's that's what the flavor and, was. And they're, they're still going to try to achieve that by making the, the beam weapons not be to kind of act like like kinetic weapons, which I... I so maybe not beams, but blasters? Well, I think it's more like 
like you see um, pulse um, pulse lasers, you know, where they where they sh shoot like bullets, like with tracer, you know, like tracer rounds. But the but the thing about being the thing you, you just can't get away from the science of light emit light diode. I mean, light la whatever laser stands for, you know, um, light amplification by stimulating yeah. emission of radiation. Right. Hey, yeah, nerd. That thing. <laughs> That's nerd. great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But welcome. I mean, they—they—they they, they are not. They are not. Uh, they are not uh, uh, mass. They are. You know, they are beams of light, and they act differently. And yeah, in a non-gravitational uh, void vacuum or vacuumless, uh, you know, with no air resistance, they just—they just fly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and elite. Elite has some. Elite has laser weapons. They're they're hit scan weapons, right? You pull the trigger and that you and it hits. If you're pointed in the right direction at the right time, it hits. Right. So I mean, it's it's not unheard of in space sims, and so it's it's it can be done. But it was just against sort of the basic concept of a lot of the things that stars. Well, we we had lasers in Wing Commander, and we had you know. Yeah, but it, like in Star Wars and Wing Commander stuff, you saw a bullet go pew and fly, you know, Ooh. and even and even in Star Citizen, you have laser guns in Star Citizens, but they're pew when you see the bullet go, you know, you see the packet of energy fly. So they're particle accelerators yeah, or particle whatever. packets. Or I, it's not actually lasers, I don't want to but delve with the beam deep into the science late. of it. Yeah, I well, there's not. It's just it, because it's going to ruin the gameplay. But my point is. They sold out of these things, and a lot of people uh, love their new fancy toy that they weren't supposed to have from the original design documents. But they also sold a new uh, fighter, a new Jean fighter, which uh, Henry, well, I'm sure will be in the blooper reel for his a couple of attempts to uh, pronounce the manufacturer name. I did a good name. job. Um, you did a fine <laughs> job uh, on the third or fourth try. Uh, but uh, but but the uh, Santok Sky something? Yes, yeah, Santok Sky yeah, Sentak Yai, yes, that, that went out on sale, and so people bought a bunch of those, too. Which I didn't see in the design documents, either. Well, no, I mean, but we're, we're past that now because of the Anvil era, which we'll get to here in a second. Uh, but uh, Skiffy and Jace jumped in, um, and, and Jeff, you said you were out there, too, but you weren't in the Discord channel with us where we could all talk together. Uh, but they took a Phoenix. They took a Constellation Phoenix out for a joyride just to sort of a, a point of interest on the surface of a planet uh, and had some uh, interesting times. Skiffy jumped in one of the turrets. Well, he jumped in both the turrets, actually. He jumped in the top turret and the bottom turret, and he loved the top turret, and he hated the bottom turret. Uh, so there's some design characteristics uh, that are going to basically indicate that all turrets are not created equal. Uh, just from physical layouts and uh, field of view and all that stuff. So he had some some choice words for the lower turret um, and some very complimentary words for the for the top one. I have some choice words about the rework of the Phoenix anyway. I mean, there there are some... For a luxury ve vessel, the new design cues for this, I think somebody should have went to architect school. Well, probably. Jace was also a little disappointed in the big fat crossbar that goes across his uh, cockpit view. Like a big fat line right across right at right. eyeball level, but however they were apparently able to get the piano aboard, so there's that. Uh, you may not have great line of sight in the bottom turret. You may not have great line of sight in the pilot seat, but you do have a piano and a jacuzzi. So and uh, uh, I guess a jacuzzi. So you know balance, right? These things balance out. 
And also, they uh, uh, so uh, they successfully landed on the planet and took off again and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there was something funny where uh, Skiffy has a special suit that lets you have stealth things, and he just disappeared. There's, like, no fuzzy predator thing or anything. He just is gone. So stealth is really great if you have that stealth uh, suit in uh, Star Citizen at this point. Terribly OP, but Skiffy, was ha- Skiffy had a good time with that. Um, but they were able to uh, land, get the ship, uh, take off, get the ship, take off, fly, and land mostly without incident. So the CAG also released the Anvil Arrow Q and A, and I don't know if you gentlemen have had a, time, a chance to uh, take a look at that. Oh yeah, I but have. it's a lot about the turrets. And there was a Reddit thread. Yes, I was brave enough to go to the Star Citizen Reddit uh, about the turrets, and I thought we should probably talk about turrets. Because did you know that 70 out of the 130 ships that are in Star Citizen right now, or at least, you know, planned right now, are turret equipped? I knew it was high, but I didn't know it was that The majority of the ships that they have planned are going to have turrets. Now, of course, some of those ships are javelins, right? So we can take those... And and hammerheads. Hammerheads. That dozen or so capital-class ships are obviously going to have turrets on them. So that's pretty obvious. But you get down to even things like, you know, the Hornet has a turret. It's not like the full, full the full service turret, or at least maybe not the the full full service one. But it's a turret. well, my Super Hornet has a my Super Hornet has a turret. And, and, yeah, always and has. a lot of these ships have like chin turrets, right? They'll have chin. So and they they have turrets in some shape or form. Maybe they're sort of just like you know uh, glorified gimbals. But the majority of the ships in this game are going to have turrets, and they are a little bit schizophrenic right now, and I have not seen. Uh, and this Reddit thread I looked at uh, highlighted some of the problems we've talked about before and sort of focused on them and had things like examples from B-29 bombers and so on about why the design needs some narrowing down. And here's what I mean. Turrets do two things. They either are little turrets, little, little machines that track smaller targets because your platform is big and bulky. So you think about anti-aircraft weapons on a ship or the uh, anti-fighter turrets on an old B-29. Your, or anti-missile batteries or whatever. Well, th- these are turrets, right? I mean, they're going for the World War II dogfighter experience, right? right. So it's these are these are, these are are turrets. Um, the Millennium Falcon type thing, right? So it's a big bulky ship flying in a basically a straight line taking on more maneuverable little, little fighters. The other kind of turrets you have are like on battleships where your target is going to basically be a sitting duck, but you need to move. So that you aren't a sitting duck, so it's a big offensive turret that uh, engages something slower than you, but hits it really hard uh, because that's the because you're more maneuverable than your target is, and you just need to stay more maneuverable so you can move laterally and not close in nose first uh, on a constant bearing decreasing range where you become a, a, an easy target. So I see the distinction you're making. What do yeah. you? Uh, what, how does that apply to the ships, though? The problem is, is that the turret concept that we've seen so far and the ones that we that, that they're working with don't differentiate between them. You, if you have a turret, you have a turret, and all the turrets have this like you know they have the same concept and the same design. They're not. It's just a turret, and they really need to separate those two things out. There need to be big turrets to engage big ships and little turrets to engage little ships, and they need to have different design characteristics. For example, the little turrets to engage smaller craft need to 
be able to move fast enough that no matter how fast your target's moving, your turret can keep up. Everyone's all of a sudden now we're going to go, oh, but my immersion. Because, you know, the machine of the turret is a mechanical thing and it's only going to have a certain rotating speed and I need to be able to upgrade that and buy more expensive parts, et cetera, et cetera. That's dumb because it's this is a game and if you're going to buy a ship like the Constellation and your guns can't track a uh, little anvil arrow attacking you, your turrets are now useless and you will die. Yeah, you, you've lost, uh, you know, m- most of your defensive capabilities. Exactly. And you'll eventually die. Yep. See every kamikaze attack in World War II. I mean, that you were, you're, you're, you're dead. So the, the, the turret mechanic where you're trying to keep up with a translating target, that needs to go away. And your, your gun needs to go wherever your mouse pointer or your controller stick goes. And just instantaneously. You just, you just, you just, you just, your gun just needs to go where you point without any concern for the mechanics of it. Because if you can't keep up, you're dead. And uh, those, those guns that are on there need to hit hard enough to make a difference on the shields or the, or the hull or whatever of the, of, the, uh, of the ship. Now, that's a balancing. That's numbers issues. And it doesn't exactly get to design. That can be handled later. But that's going to have a knock-on effect to all the other guns in the game if that doesn't happen. So that, 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 that's the first thing that needs to happen. The, the tracking needs to happen no matter what. The second thing that needs to happen is that when you make that change... You can't have the turrets be an I win button, right? And the damage balancing has to come later on towards the end. So what they need to do next is they need to have a mode switch for proximity fire. And this is we, we, I've I've poked fun at this in Elite Dangerous uh, for their design of their uh, remote flak detonation. But proximity fuses have been a thing since World War II. So the trick is if your gun's tracking, but you're not hitting it exactly or the or the 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 pilot uh, your target's jinking and all kind of stuff you're not hitting it hard enough because you're not hitting it often enough so if you have proximity fuses the damage goes down because it's burst damage but you're hitting it all the time it's pressure damage so it makes the, the pilot think twice about coming in and getting close the this is this is how turrets worked back in World War II and since this is a World War II type concept they need to borrow these things and then finally, there's a very few number of ships that need to mount like big ship turrets, like, you know, anti, anti-ship turrets, anti-capital ship turrets. Those need to be separate and apart from these, the run-of-the-mill anti-fighter turrets. And that needs to be sort of broken out. They can keep the current mechanic on those because that has to do with better communication with your pilot, right? Stop turning so much stupid pilot. I'm trying to keep a bead on the big ass, you know, carrier that we're trying to take out. That that that's when it makes more sense to limit the mechanical abilities of a large, heavy turret to not to swivel and to maneuver its uh, its guns on target because you're using a bigger, heavier gun. Um, but that needs to be like sort of separated out. Like once you're at size five or above, or size six or above, or whatever. You're stuck with this. It's going to be slow. It's not going to keep up. Don't bother trying to shoot a fighter with this because you're not going to hit. But that that distinction needs to be made. And the Reddit thread kind of went through that a little bit. Um, but it's it, the majority of the ships in Star Citizen have turrets, and they're not working real well right now. But we have a solution because we're all about solutions here. And I just gave it to them. You're welcome. So we have turrets in Elite, right, Henry? Yeah, but the turrets in Elite are not. Uh, I mean, they're not very smart. They um. Nope. They get us in trouble all the time, shooting the cops by accident. Uh, yep. And, 
I mean, yeah, they make them weaker, but they, they track your target constantly. I think what you're talking about, um, tracking targets constantly, some people just don't like because it's like an always going to hit weapon. Well, well, hang on. How about multi-crew? The multi-crew targets, do you always hit in multi-crew on elite dangerous with turrets? Yeah, so you'd just be better off not having somebody in your seat. I mean, that that's the problem, though, is that manned turrets is or was one of the main selling points of Star Citizen multiplayer. I mean, it's that that is you know being having that Millennium Falcon experience was sure. one of the main selling points of the of the game, so they've got to get it right. And so, ha- feeling like you have some success at it is going to be crucial to people actually playing the game that way, because otherwise you just load up another fighter and fly escort. Yeah. So turrets have to be really awesome, and they have to be effective so that people want to play it. And right now, I don't see them being either at this point. The problem with that is that everybody wants to fly a super fighter, a Millennium Falcon that you can maneuver. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to fly the destroyer, the big slow ship. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know, man. I, I don't do. know. I see everybody Heck talks yeah. about turn rate and things like that. And a huge capital ship, your turn rate should be nothing. You should be planting right. yourself somewhere and trying to control the situation. Yes. Not trying to like. Exactly. You don't have that in any games ever, ever, man. I know. It just doesn't happen in space games. I, I, I did. I did in X three. Okay. X3. Yeah. Yeah. You're. Yeah. yeah. You're right. In X three, you could do that kind of stuff. I. I mean, I love big tanks. One of my favorite experiences in a space game is uh, when Star Trek Online used to have this great. Um, like these long drawn out capital ship battles where we'd just be pounding on each other and uh, you know they would just go on and on and we wouldn't be dog fighting I want to go back to what you just said about tanks what is the one major design feature of a tank oh yeah you got that big ass turret you got a big ass turret with a big ass gun on the top of it and you control 360 degrees and you're heavily armored and you're heavily armored right and you're not fast. You, you yeah. just, well, some tanks are pretty fast, but they're fast in a straight line. Yeah. So, But that's the idea, though, is that you control the combat environment by being able to point your gun in whatever direction. And tanks have coaxially mounted machine guns, so they have little guns for taking on smaller targets. So, But their, their, their main design feature is a big, effective turret. And that's, and that's with, the, with people worried about the flight model and turn rates, like you're saying, Henry... They gotta they gotta put that all aside for a certain size ship and up. Yeah, and that's there has to be a broken there has to be a break somewhere that says above this line you are not flying you are holding a straight line for your turret operators and your turret operators are either going to engage major size ships with these type of turrets or uh, take out escorting fighters with these type of turrets and that and that needs to be a major major design feature going forward. I'll tell you what, any of our, any of Guard Frequency's uh, uh, capital ship captains go out there and don't have fighter cover in their, in their major engagements, I'll fire them on the spot. But the problem is that you, is personnel, right? You want to have, you want to have anybody in those uh, turret seats? You got to make them fun so that not everybody wants to have a fighter. Right. I mean that that that's the problem. The problem what is I'm that saying it's going to be that fun. In most in most capital ship engagements, especially in the space sims that I played, you know, even in the early freelance uh, freelancer and X game or uh, uh, wing commander stuff, you had capital ships that were doing battle with another capital ship. So there were broadsides going on and small defensive weapons shooting down the missiles that were being shot at them. 
But they also had uh, they had a, a cab, a, a fighter escort, flying around them to pick off, you know, other enemy fighters. That were, capital defense and battles are not, you know, they're not how fast you can turn. They're they're who's got the you know who you know who's got the better strategy, right. I guess. And and what the the description the the thing that you're talking about is kind of the ideal, right? But as a practical matter, we are literally years away from that being possible. I mean, that you're talking two capital-sized ships, fully crewed with all their internal parts, and then a, a combat air patrol of what three at least fighters apiece. Three, so you're yeah. talking, yeah. So you're talking, you're talking six to ten players on a side, with uh, uh, four to five to seven assets flying around per side, and then all the damage and other things going off of that. Star Citizen. That's not. It's not capable of that at this time. They don't have the mechanics. They don't have the assets for it. Yeah, in a year true. maybe. That's, that's fine. And plus, you're going to do that with a station nearby. Well, I mean, you got to load all that stuff in too. So, I mean, I, I ideally down the road, that's what's going to be. But if that gameplay is going to be fun, those turrets need to be fun too. They need and they need to be effective, so that if you lose to if you lose half of your combat air patrol, you're not uh, you're not immediately out of the game. Uh, because those ships are expensive and people paid a lot of real well, world money I, for them. You know, in, in big ships like that, that could all be one, but, one run by the weapons officer on the bridge. No, no, because the turrets have to be manned. In the way that Why? they have it, because that's the way they're designed right now. The turrets have to be manned right now, or you have to hire oh an NPC God. crewman. You can have, there's specialized unmanned turrets that could be controlled by the pilot seat, but that's a separate class of no, thing. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. In a capital ship engagement, you 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 can't run the ship by yourself. Right. Your players, your pl- I, I, I see an engineering uh, for damage control, a weapons officer to run turrets and miss and and uh, barrages, and uh, you know, and then your flight officer who is directing. Both the the defensive uh, and the um, uh, attacking uh, sure. uh, flights. Leave all that off for a second. You're going to have okay. to have people in turrets. That's the we're focusing on the turrets this, for this discussion. Those guys have to be able to operate independently and be effective. That's the problem. And and right now it doesn't seem like they. It doesn't seem to me like they've got that figured out very well. I don't. I don't think that that's. I don't think people can disagree with me, and I want them to because you know, hashtag Tony was wrong. You know, please please correct me or, or or point out my flaws in my my thinking here. But they need to go. My my look at this is that CAG needs to go back to sort of the quote real world of how things were done in World War II and shortly thereafter, and and take some cues like maybe having one guy being able to control multiple turrets from a single seat, like the weapons officer Jeff's talking about. That's 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 where I think we need to go. I think there should be a certain level of automation to them like that. I think that makes sense. I mean, look at the automation that uh, they they ran uh, the Enterprise uh, off of automation with the chimpanzee and two trainees. Remember? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, they got their ass handed to them by a little bird of prey. But let's not talk about that. These things happen because that's these things happen. They they, they do. They, these things happen. Uh, we're we're kind of running on low on time here, so let's let's talk about Elite real quick. Um, they've stretched the beta out another week to December third. So for real this time, they're going to turn you off. Uh, if you've been uh, in the beta, this is this is your last call. By the time you get the show, it'll be it should be done. The other thing they did was they announced, and this took effect yesterday: no more UA bombing. 
So uh, UA bombing, uh, for those who, are, who weren't aware, was when you could deliver Thargoid parts to a station and turn the station's services off uh, because the Thargoid stuff would corrode parts and things like that. That has been uh, in there since the Thargoid sensors appeared, and it was used to great, relatively decent effect uh, by people who wanted to break starports just for the fun of breaking starports. And you could bring them back online if you uh, delivered a bunch of meta-alloys, which are a relatively difficult uh, resource to acquire. They take a long way to, it takes a long uh, journey to go get them and bring them back to the bubble. Uh, so it was kind of annoying. Uh, but didn't do. but didn't the Thargoid step also degrade your own um, ship as yeah. well? Yep. Unless you got the special racks, you could buy you could get some special racks from uh, Professor Palin and later on from a Thargoid dealer, or, you know, tech dealer. That's still happening though, right? Like yeah. you still get yeah. You you just can't damage the station with it. Right. I think the reason for it to come out honestly is that game mechanic was the only way that starports could be could feel like alive in any way. That was the only way, way, way that they would change. Yeah. So it was an easy way to implement something that could make the starports more interesting. They would be different when you'd arrive. Now they have this great mechanic where they're blowing the hell out of them and there's yeah. fire everywhere. So yeah. we don't really need the little, oh, somebody dropped off some dangerous cargo so your computer doesn't work, which didn't make sense anyway. Yeah. Now the station's on fire and it's amazing when you go in there and they go and there's, under emergency precautions, get your ass in the hangar right away. That's great. Yeah, and there's game, like, like Henry said, there's gameplay associated with it. Then you can do cargo hauling afterwards to repair it. I mean, they they added gameplay to it rather than just grab stuff from someplace and drag it to someplace else. Yeah, uh, so it's a big upgrade. So yeah. let that go. Who cares? Yeah, there there's some people that are mad because it you know took it took it takes it's taking something away. But overall, I think it's just it was an outdated mechanic that needed to go, and I'm happy to see the back of it. Plus, it would have made uh, Thargoid incursions the incursions stay a lot more difficult because if you had a station that was already broken from Thargoid um, uh, corrosion, then it got attacked by a Thargoid ship, then it would just multiply the problem. So, happy to see the back end of that. On a similar note, uh, speaking of Thargoids breaking stuff, um, Operation Ida is sort of an in-player, sort of an in-fiction player group that has been concentrated on uh, rebuilding the starports after they've been busted by the Thargoids. So, like Henry was talking about, you've got that that fire and brimstone sort of rescue people and uh, uh, gameplay that you do after a week or so that fire and stuff goes out and then you're just left with a broken space station. It's not a fire anymore. It's just busted. If you deliver significant amounts of cargo to those stations, they use those, the, that cargo to repair it and then it becomes fully repaired. Operation Ida started about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, and they've repaired 14 stations so far and they're still a couple of dozen out there that still need work. They're going to do a community-driven event over throughout the month of December and in the beginning of January to repair those ships, and they and we're going to help them out. Uh, guard frequency stations. Sorry, yes, my apologies. Yeah, this, this repair the stations. Basically, it's going to be space trucker extreme. So you got you got to you got to go find uh, these the, a bunch of different types of cargo. Drop it back off of the station. There's no auto docking. You got to land manually, so you know you have good practice with your docking skills, and then uh, truck the stuff back and forth. You get paid because you just sell it at the uh, commodity thing. So it's 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 a good way to make some cash too. But if you bring enough stuff, the starport comes fully back online, and uh, the the damaged textures they have with struts 
bent out and stuff like that will go away and be replaced with uh, the standard starport uh, thing. In conjunction with that, they're raising some money for an organization called Direct Relief, which uh, goes all around the world and uh, uh, basically intervenes in disaster areas uh, for people. They're, I, I checked them out on the website a little bit. They've got all the good ratings from you know, all the charity people and uh, all the nice accolades and things you, you're supposed to get. They seem pretty legit. And they've got a pretty uh, reachable goal of only $500, and they're already at 70 So it seems to me like they've set the bar at a very reachable thing. And so we're going to help them out by uh, uh, promoting them here on the show. And uh, I'm going to do some space trucking to try to get the stations back online. Because there are three within 30 light years of Anseeth. So it's like in our neighborhood. So, you know, we got to help out our space neighbors. Yeah, uh, man. So we're going to do that. So uh, Hopefully we don't get hit. Hopefully we do. I mean, I kind of. Yeah, hopefully I mean, we do. I'm I grinning. Mean, I'm like, yeah. Hopefully like, we do. And this, we is, <laughs> this is this is this is. It's going to be more fun. I mean, hopefully we get hit and we like can blow up enough thargoids so that we don't get taken down. That's the idea. But I mean, I, I'd like to see that thargoid incursion mechanic uh, spread out and 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 done more. I, I hope we get to participate that way. Now that we're all caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. A technological breakthrough spurs a campaign to repair damaged starports. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Spencer. Aegis Research Group announced the successful deployment of new components that effectively shield starports from so-called unknown artifact bombing. The new technique uses far less of the mysterious meta-alloy material found in and around Thargoid planetary bases. This makes manufacture and distribution of these critical components much easier. Heinrich de Lacerda, a senior engineer at Aegis Research, stated, quote, Following this breakthrough, we have made arrangements to ship meta-alloids to all affected stations to restore them to functionality. It will not be long before every starport in known space is immune to Thargoid sensor-related interference, end quote. Following this breakthrough, an independent faction known as Operation Ida announced its intention to ramp up its ongoing campaign to repair starports damaged in previous Thargoid attacks. Additionally, they began a fundraising effort to assist refugees who find themselves displaced due to recent upheavals. Commander Ninj released a statement to the media stating, quote, In the past year, we have repaired 14 stations and continue to do so as best we can. It is a difficult and thankless job, but we do it because it's the right thing to do. We've been lucky to have the support from commanders who donate their time and efforts, but our roster is not deep. End quote. Further updates will be following in the weeks to come. From Barnwell Station in the UGP-145 system, for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. In a shocking political escalation, the isolation movement, Nova Imperium, has announced its detention to replace Emperor Arissa Lavinia Duval. The group's leader, Duke Queso Mordanticus, stated, quote, The Empire has been weakened by collaborating with its enemies. Aegis drains our resources to protect foreign systems from Thargoids. Our security forces are stretched thin, defending non-imperial systems. And Princess Duval sullies her honorable name by dallying with a federal libertine, end quote. 
Senator Paul Vazpacian, a relatively outspoken critic of the Aegis Group, has publicly backed this sentiment and invited the Imperator to address the Senate. Commentators are confused by a number of factors in this announcement. First, Princess Ashleen Duval has broken her engagement with Federal Ambassador Jordan Rochester. Second, Princess Duval has also been critical of the Aegis Group and Senator Vaspasian supported her. So the attack on a natural ally and potential replacement for the throne seems unwise. Finally, given the often deadly nature of imperial politics, some commentators are surprised that the Imperator is still alive. In our next story, the Aegis Group has increased its security presence in the MEAN system in the wake of the attack on Phoenix Base. Aegis researcher Professor Alba Tesro stated, quote, Ram Ta's research has been enormously beneficial to our understanding of the Thargoids and resulted in developments that aid us in the conflict. We therefore have a vested interest in protecting his work, end quote. While no official response has been made, unconfirmed reports indicate the CEO of Sirius Corp, Lee Young-Rui, has allegedly withdrawn his offer to work with Ramta on Guardian Human Technology. Finally, in local news, system authorities have declared a state of civil unrest in the ANSI system. Protests and violent clashes with law enforcement broke out when Guard Frequency Response officials announced that they had purchased and then emancipated over 2,500 Imperial slaves. Citing a lack of skilled labor, Associate Director Richard Clemens stated, quote, We simply have no alternative to address some critical shortages. While admittedly unorthodox, the procedure was perfectly legal. The emancipated slaves were offered either job contracts or passage back to their home systems. Virtually all of them took the jobs, end quote. Labor groups were angry that imperial foreigners were given job offers, and some commentators warned that buying out slavery contracts only encourages slave traders to acquire more stock. As of this report, most large-scale protests have subsided, and economists predict a mild boom in response to additional employment. Until the next turn of the world, for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Red alert! They hear they they caught on the ship, and I, I draw my weapon in case they break okay. the lock or something. All right, they're 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 banging on. The, you hear them kind of banging on the door, but for the for the moment, the locks are holding. Hurry, uh, hurry up with those damn drugs. I will less. Slowly now, <laughs> yeah. I'll get the I'll get the the uh, suits big suits ready, and I'll get the airlock open on this side if it's not already. Okay, so you're, you're, you 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 you've got the suits out of the locker now. Um, uh, for we'll say for the sake of the for uh, for the dra- sake of the drama, everyone starts to sort of come out of the room, out of the storage room, because uh, Dan knew where the good stuff was. Uh, Except nobody knows where the ventilation system is yet. I would like to look around to see if I see the ventilation <laughs> system. Okay. 
Uh, go ahead and roll, roll a. Why don't, you roll, why don't you roll a systems check for me? Now, see, I was all hovering over perception, and we could have just done that. No. <laughs> systems, no. I got a six. Uh, you're unfamiliar with the design of this base. It's not. It's not. It's not. You, you kind of. Mm, this is, looks. This looks weird. This looks. You're not sure how that, where that's going to come from. It does look weird. I'm not really sure how that's going to go. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Dan Dan says, "Don't look at don't look at me. I just know where the drugs are. I don't. I mean, I, I have no idea. It's not my department. I I cook, uh, and I occasionally do recreational pharmaceuticals. That's that's what I do. Not the heavy stuff. This weird stuff. Not me. No, but relaxing things. That's what. That's more my speed. Your speed. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> so, uh, Cle- Clemens Clemens and Shen also kind of look clueless. Like, oh, yeah, that's an important stage of the plan we hadn't really considered." Does anybody have any ideas? I, I'm covering the door. Can I hear this conversation? Shouldn't we all just kind of look around until we find a place where we can access the vents? Where do you want to go? It'll probably be well, the... Air handling would typically be on the roof, but on a moon base, I don't know. It might be on the ba- in the basement. As you're as you're I, I, as you're sort of as you're sort of stood there with a can of gas and bad guys banging on the door, Shiv coming down the hallway with three spacesuits, bulky spacesuits, you know, not being stealthy anymore. Dun, 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 uh, coming down the hallway, uh, you hear a loud bang from the room that's between the kitchen where you found Dan and the factory. There's another room there that you guys never cleared, but you hear a really really loud bang. Uh, come through there. Uh, come through that. It's it, it's it, and I want everyone to roll a repair check. Ooh, I'm good at this. All I get is sixes. I, I got a natural four. ten. Natural ten for the for the kin shadow. Uh, uh, kin shadow uh, with your vast experience in space travel and <laughs> space travel calamities, that was definitely <laughs> a decompressing airlock. That was absolutely a decompressing airlock. Wasn't me. And it didn't come from the room you guys came in. It came from probably what's the front door. Uh, all right, so I go, I go, I go literally. Oh, shit. that's the other airlock. Is uh, where's that at? It's basically so. It's basically right in front of the you know the hallway, sort of branched off the hallway that goes to the the factory and the storage room. It's basically mm-hmm. sort of runs right into that. So it's so. on the other the other side of red from us. Is that right? Uh, yeah, more or less. It's kind of. It's actually kind of right in front of you guys in the hallway, more or less. But oh, okay. red's down the hall. Red's down. Ask. I will toss okay. it. When, when you say decompressing airlock, you mean someone coming in, right? Because that's the only noise we would hear, right? You didn't see anybody go in. Well, that's my question. Was it like something malfunctioned and blew out, or somebody used it? Well, uh, did it open normally, or did it open guard frequency style? Right. She <laughs> broke the wall and walked in. Stole staplers. So, <laughs> and encoded everything with Crisco. Don't forget about that one. Well, yeah, that one. Well, that didn't go so well. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, so uh, Henry, go ahead and roll a um, another one. Yeah, go <laughs> another one. You know what? Roll survival. You're gonna roll oh, survival on this boy. one. This one is like, holy shit! Is that coming in or going out or what? What the hell's going on here? Some guy walks around the corner holding a bottle. Yeah, you have before. me roll one I've never even seen before on this thing. Well, but remember, 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 if I roll, have you roll things you've never done before, you get a check mark in there. Oh, at the end four. of the adventure, you get to add one. Uh, you have no idea. It just all you, you're, you're taking Ken Shadow's word for it that that was a that was decompression, and you're like, oh shit. I was just like, big it's boom a, goes boom. I don't know. It's around the hallway, right? I mean, it, it's just there's not like anything between here and there, right? There, there's a there's a like an interior door, right? 
So, like, it, for, we're going to assume... Uh, you're all experienced enough to understand how airlocks go. The airlock you guys came in, there was an outer door and then an inner door, and the inner door lets you into the room that had the lockers and stuff. Uh-huh. You would presume that that's the setup in this room in front of you because that's how a lot of airlocks are. You what know, I'm worried about is everybody should be in spacesuits like right away with their yeah. visors down in case we lose pressure, I've, and we I, should be armed in case somebody comes through the door. I toss the spacesuits down. They get these on and let's get out of here because everything else is already set to melt. Uh, stuff, right? Okay, so what's going to happen is we're going to roll three athletics checks for our intrepid NPCs. <laughs> oh, it'd be such a shame to lose one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and eight. Oh, a three. That's not good. That's and Dan. another eight. Bye, right. Dan. No. <laughs> what I remember what I was saying about being an NPC, brother. It's all right. No, no so... And I'll get my submachine gun out. Okay, all right. So weapon, weapons at the ready. Uh, you hear... So yeah. there's a bang coming from the factory. There's a decompression from the door. No alarms, which is unusual, maybe, but that's because maybe pressure hasn't been lost yet. Uh, now you watch as the three uh, the three extras you just picked up. Uh, the first one, uh, Doctor Clemens, he's nervous as hell and scared, so he was ready for his spacesuit. He wanted it, wanted it, wanted it, wanted it. Uh, Doctor Shen was sort of like not paying attention very well. She was like sort of like trying to calculate what was going on with the door outside, not not really paying attention. Slow to get her suit on. And then uh, uh, Dan was like, uh, so we're not doing the drugs anymore. That's, we've abandoned this. Okay, this is a new plan. This is a much better plan. I like this plan better, to tell you the truth. And Dan, just gets, bring the drugs with us. Okay? <laughs> he'll just bring the drugs with us. So like Dan wasn't going to bring the drugs already. <laughs> Come on. He's, he's plugging the drugs into his spacesuit survival system. He's trying to mate the, 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 the tubes together. To make that uh, uh, feed directly in. Does he have uh, to so, roll a hippie check for that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but those two get their suits on. Doctor Shen is still struggling. Uh, as as this is happening, uh, you start to hear weapons discharges from the, the the closed room, like they're trying to shoot through the door. It's not very effective at this point because there's just hand weapons. Uh, but you can see that their attempts to get free are now taking on some some uh, serious uh, some serious effort. Um, as you, uh, as you, as you all get ready, uh, you, you hear from inside that room, a couple of mechanical bangs. This is less explosive more just like people hammering on stuff and like tools working. And then you see the door open. The factory or the airlock? No, the, the airlock, the airlock room, the airlock room door opens. You don't see anybody, but the door, but the door opens and there doesn't appear to be any damage, uh, uh, but the, the door is now open. The door opened to the airlock, mm-hmm. and there's nobody in the airlock. That you can see at this particular moment. I fire. Roll an attack. 13. Oh, 13. Nice. All right. So uh, you you just shoot through the door. It, go in fact, goes through the door. Uh, but you you manage to you like you like you hit in the dead center of the door right like you like you aimed that sucker and it hit right where you wanted it to go and immediately mm-hmm. two hands stick out the side going stick out stick out going uh, uh, you know into the hall where you can see them uh, out there and they and basically and then you, and you hear somebody I, just just a just a, a damn minute just a damn minute here God I just fella knocks on the door and this is the welcome he gets for God's sakes I'm I know Three weapons late. on the ground. I just, I, I don't have any. Who the hell do you think I am, Sonny? God, for, I'm coming out. Just here's my hands. I'm coming out. Just 
Don't put any holes in me. I got plenty already. <laughs> I got plenty of bullets where these came from. Does he have as many holes as I still probably do? <laughs> uh, he, he's got fewer holes than, than uh, Adira does, that's for sure. Uh, well, he did just come to the factory. You never know how many he's got on him. How many he's going to walk out of here how with. Many, how many extra orifices you get. All right. <laughs> so he, he, so he, he kind of he, he sticks his hands out and, he, and you see a little old guy in a spacesuit. Uh, not pretty, pretty similar to the ones you see hanging up, and uh, you saw hanging up that like you know Shiv just tossed everybody, that Red Barnes just tossed everybody, and he's, and he's armed, but it's holstered, right? He's got a he's got a sidearm, but it's not it's not out, and he's got his hands up, and he's he's going right. out. Uh, Shiv is right there, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, I, I keep my gun on Shiv. Take his weapon. Take his weapon. He doesn't he doesn't make any moves to to stop you, and he's just like. Look, look, I, I, and then uh, I tried to get here as fast as I could, but and then he sees and him and Clemens sort of lock eyes, and Clemens goes, "You're you are fired. You're fired is what you are." And he's like, "You know, it wasn't my fault. The, uh, the robot broke down. Somebody shot the the antennas were out, and it just it didn't work. I, it just I it was bad. We had to ride." The three to the snowmobile, and it was terrible. Uh, and the other guys got lost from the airport, and uh, and so he, him and Clemens are kind of trading some back and forth at this point. If it makes you feel any better, I'm pretty sure all of you are going to be fired at the end of this. So let's get out of here, please. And, and Wait, everybody you, except the new guy, because we're out of space. We've only got four what, ships. What's your what, what's your what's your hurry? What's oh, the, yeah. what's the problem? Uh, this place set to blow, and there's a bunch of drug guys here going to bust out this door and start killing everybody. Oh, that doesn't that doesn't sound good at all. But uh, hey, why you, everybody get your your masks on? I've got a temporary airlock set up, but it it's not great. So why don't you everybody just sort of suit up here a little bit? I look at Shin and I'm like, hey, is this guy trustworthy? And she's like, I have no idea who that is. I never saw him in my life. Great, this is going to go real well, you guys. So I I go. Are you are you from the communications outpost? Uh, yeah, that was me. I lived there, and then, but I tried to go back to see what was, and somebody just mangled them. It was terrible. I mean, all my I stuff was, was in there. Good. I had staplers. I had accounting <laughs> records. I had my bathroom equipment, and it's just, it was, it's a horrible mess. Bathroom like equipment, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know equipment. what happened to that place, but somebody <laughs> came through there like a hurricane. A typhoon or something. I guess you're not missing your Crisco then. <laughs> well, he did say bathroom equipment. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on. Would you say someone did a very thorough and professional job at, at racking the place? I, it seemed like the work of a dozen amateur monkeys, really. It's just like they could have taken the whole building down if they had tried, but it's like haphazard. It was, it's just a. Wow. It's uh, Oh yeah, well she's got your stapler. <laughs> <laughs> oh no Does you monkeys. Can't, you can't oh I'm just standing there looking look, proud of myself. Look, 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 look you say there's oh, a bunch of adult druggy people, so just yeah, don't be don't be scared. Don't be scared. Just get your ma- masks on. Just but just hold your horses. So does everybody put their masks on? Yeah. yeah. All right. So Chen's got her stuff suited up. She's uh, the, during the interlude. She's figured out how to put her seals up. Everybody's got the thing. He opens up the inner airlock door. There's like a plastic emergency seal on the other side of it, uh, and uh, uh, he he sort of walks out and and opens that. And right outside is a big friggin' gigantic combat robot. 
and he sort of like pushes it aside and sort of motions motions the combat robot the robot in. It's not like threatening or anything at this point. It's just sort of trundling it, you know, wheeling in. And uh, everybody roll perception. Yeah. Hey, Ale, life goals right here. I got an actual All I roll ten. is force, so <laughs> I'll be over here rolling a four. Ooh, I got a nat ten too. Uh, very good. All right. All right. I got a nat five. Which pretty sure that's the first nat ten I've gotten in this entire game. Well, congratulations. <laughs> and what it reveals to you and to uh, uh, Roland is uh, two do other sort of bent over guy figures in spacesuits sort of clinging on to the back of the robot, like sort of like hanging on. It's really it's awkward looking, but it looks like they're like riding it. it I mean, this is their mode of they're transportation. Not- Okay, so they're not trying to hide behind it. Well, they're it's it's not it's it, they're tra- they're not trying to hide in as much as like they're not trying to conceal themselves, but the bulk of the robot is mostly hiding them. But it's more like protection rather than stealth, you know what I mean? It's like they're not sure what's going to come, so they're hiding behind they're behind the robot to like shield themselves. So, but the robot kind of comes trundling, kind of comes trundling in. Uh, and with your Nat 10s, you see that one of them has like his his hands uh, sort of like inside the robot's back, like fiddling with wires and stuff like that. It looks like he's controlling it manually. It looks like he's sort of running the thing. And so uh, uh, you now hear you, you're you're so, on a shared circuit, the guard frequency, uh, as it were. Okay. <laughs> they're driving the robot into the base. One of them is, yeah. Let's say the guy on the okay. left, your left. So not is the the, left. because of the temporary airlock? Does that mean that the outer airlock door is? Is broken? It, oh yeah, it's it's busted. It's like it, it, someone someone did a, someone did a GFR on it. Someone someone so did a GFR on the front door. Heard them breaking into the airlock and then resealing it, and then they're coming in. And yeah, I they, should be they, closer to the They mic. busted the door. Uh, the, those of you those of you might remember there were security locks on those things. They maybe just didn't have the code. Busted through the door, put up an emergency airlock, let the first guy in to sort of check out what was going on, and now he's gone back out to wave the guys in. He's, he's waving them in. And so the, the robot's trun- the, the robot's kind of trundling in on its on its tracks um, these two little guys clinging to the back of it. And over the shared... Can you set this thing to target drug guys? Say it again? Can you set this robot to target drug guys? Uh, you hear over the shared channel uh, uh, someone say, Well, I suppose we can try... Who are the drug guys? Are you the drug guys? Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Some say he has many puns about unemployed people, and sadly, none of them work. But all we know is he's called the Shiv, and he (laughs) did not help put together this week's feedback. (laughs) Now that one I got, and that was great. (laughs) Yeah, I got that off the internets. I had to do the one this week. Yeah, that so was pretty good, week. though. That was pretty good, and 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 I actually got that one. So you keep writing them, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> got to have Shiv back next week. A recap of last week's community questions: How are you enjoying three point three point six in Star Citizen, and are you ready to head out in the deep black when Elite updates? Sean Newboy writes in: Plural of Idris would be Idrisy. I think so. Which brings up a natural question. What do you call a group of idrisy in the wild? Is it a mortgage? (laughs) 
As for Fallout 76, it's alright, has potential. If they fix it, it will be really good. If they don't, it will be like Diablo 3 was for me. I played Diablo 3 for 40 some levels, saw what happens at 60, and beating Diablo lost interest. Fallout 4 needs a lot of modding for me to have fun. I suspect that Fallout 76 will need something similar as well. That or a No Man's Sky level patches expansion. <laughs> Wonderful show, everyone. Oh, hey, you Sean, gotta give it to him. Those Sean, expansions you, made a difference. Yeah, but come on, you, you had to bring up that that nasty word again. But um, yeah, but it, I, the models uh, the model works. A lot of people are the, not happy. Early on, they always said that they would there would be private servers, and with private servers comes modding. So uh, there's my one hope for that. And that's all I'll say about FO76. Commander Zayn Till writes in and says, Hello, Guard Frequency. We recently just announced a campaign beginning on December 14th through January 4th called the Happy Holidays Hall. We are inviting people to come haul with us, cover our activities, and maybe donate to the excellent charity we're fundraising for as well as partake in other activities we do. We are trying to raise a paltry $500 for Direct Relief, a great international medical aid organization. And Tony's done his due diligence, and I, I take it that Direct yeah, Relief has, is a great cause. So They seem legit. Continuing on, Alec Turner said that we should contact you since you do such great work covering and entertaining the elite dangerous community, as well as other communities, with your video casts. We are wondering if you might consider doing a piece on what we do, either a mention or an interview. Thanks for taking the time to read this and keep up the great work. Uh, happy to oblige uh, on both the keeping up the great work and uh, also on uh, participating and uh, publicizing your uh, fantastic in-game and out-of-game efforts. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll cover this on the next couple of shows, too, just to keep everybody in the loop about what's going on. Silverwolf writes in and says, Hey folks, found the show a couple months ago and just got caught up on all the 2018 episodes. Going to miss Tony's dulcet tones on my drive home winky face. Was really looking forward to seeing the Idris, but missed the time slot at IAE for that one. However, took a run in the Vanguard Warden with a mate last night, and I need to give the arrow a test run, as I'm almost sure that with those folding wings, it will fit in a Carrick hanger, which would give my Carrick a quite nice little support fighter and runabout. Just on the previous episode as well, hashtag Tony is right regarding travel times and Star Citizens. Took us a good five minutes just to break Atmo on Lorville in the Vanguard. And another 15 in quantum travel with a cooling off stop to get to a mission in what is billed as a long-range fighter. Hate to try it in a Hornet, and that's just in-system. Forget getting to another solar system and getting a mission done in a one-hour gaming block. Seems excessive. Fun versus immersion scale needs a little tuning. And I agree. And and a couple other things that that uh, I didn't talk about in the uh, flight deck. Um, I when when the guys were out flying their phoenixes, I was out flying a hammerhead, and I've been flying the six hundred and the hammerhead as much as um, uh, the six hundred I and the hammerhead. And one thing I noticed because I was out in space and and doing refuels and stuff, they have an auto landing system, but they do not have an auto takeoff system. And when you're nose in uh, on on one of those uh, things, trying to get out of one of those, you see, exercise oh, like in frustration because you uh. can't see behind you, and so you can't steer the ship. So you're hoping that you're flying straight and not jamming yourself up in the 
in the in the hangar bay, and it's like they don't got any space wing mirrors, it, like on the outside. No, like on a, like on a Penske truck, like on a big semi. No, it's like oh man, it's it's terrible. So they really need to like have a launch control system that you know backs you out of those things when you Can't land. Can't you go to like third person camera if you go to third person camera I, or something I like do, that? But it, it's it's so off centered that. Uh, I tried that. That no. my my relationship. I'm such a first person sh- uh, flyer that my spatial acuity um, <laughs> yeah. goes straight to hell. Yeah, it goes straight to hell. So um, uh. it, it was uh, really something. Yeah, in the in the small ships, I just I just spin a, a 180 and I'm out the door. I'm gone. But. You can't do that in a, in anything larger than than a Phoenix. So, yeah. Werchill writes in and says, "Great last few shows. Nuggets for Nuggets. In the previous two were perfect blend of information and entertainment. Well done, Tony. Yay me. I played Star Citizen for a few hours for the first time since 3.0 dropped, and have had and have some new concerns as we all do." Is this game still even a space sim, or is it a sims in space with occasional encounters with spaceships? I have my own opinions on that. I am concerned that this has drifted too far to the latter. I love that I can walk around my ship and walk around in my ship. It makes the ship feel more real and much more mine than my ship's an elite. However, I do not want to play a first-person shooter. I want my time in game to be 90% in ship, and I don't want all that time to be traveling from point A to point B or flying down to the surface. I feel like they've lost their way. I have two thoughts of that. Okay, that's what Squadron 42 is for. However, Werchill does make some good points that um, Chris has always said from the beginning that Star Citizen would emulate the real universe. And because of that, I'm not sure that they have actually lost their focus. I think that people see this game in their own way and want each want certain things out of it. I am not sure that I'm not too far from where where Chill is coming from. I don't know. I like the idea that there's so much variety. I do think they need to implement some shortcuts. Things like um, the transporter you have in X4, so you don't have to do the walk if you don't want to. Things like that. That would be helpful. But I, I see kind of where you're coming from, but I really like the idea of having such an immersive experience. Uh, and so many different varied things to do. It's less likely to get bored in a game where you can jump out of your ship and go hang out in the space bar. But I, but I think people are just going to get bored. They're going to log in one day and go, what am I doing? You know? I've been doing a lot of hauling, because uh, I've been doing these wing missions to... to uh, kind of give uh, our squadron mates uh, some 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 free cash, uh, and I've got it kind of timed where I know that as long as I don't have to fly out into the, like you know hundred thousand light seconds away from the star, one round trip between the Anseeth base and pretty much any other base uh, uh, that's a destination for these cargo runs, one round trip is fifteen minutes. And I and I I can just I just know that I can do uh, three to four of these missions in an hour. So that goes back to the earlier feedback. If you've got a one-hour gaming block, right, and you you know you can take three missions, and it's that's what it's going to be fine. And that's how I feel that as as much as I want to see Chris's vision come to light with 
with you know a, a universe that emulates you know real life uh, you know i i spend eight hours of my day at, at or 10 hours actually at my day at work doing my job and if i'm doing a job inside the game that i'm trying to enjoy and i have to spend eight hours to complete that job i am not going to be playing that game that that has to be somewhere in the calculation here is what what are our customers doing with their time aside from playing this game? And that, that, that has to be factor into the calculation at some point. Uh, Patreon this week, no one, and therefore no winner, but Tony has something to say. We've just completed month two of our uh, monthly Patreon donations, so you're that much closer to getting your shirt. Uh, and uh, keep on uh, uh, helping us out, And but consider helping out the Direct Relief uh, organization via the Operation Ida GoFundMe page, which we'll put in our show notes. And this week's community question, will you help Operation Ida repair some stations and donate to their fundraiser? Did we miss anything out there in the world of space sims that we should have mentioned? And otherwise, how is the show? Are we traversing our firing arc efficiently, or are we shooting our tails off and blaming the bad guys? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show post, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page. And that brings us to the end of episode 240 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 241 on December 11th, 2018, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We want to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist and master webslinger, Ben Sanders, our elite contributor, Baxter, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. And Henny, oh, Henny, sorry, Henny. <laughs> no problem, Tone. Heroes Rise brings you up to date on with the world. <clears throat> Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the worlds of Dun. In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from simulated space, including the latest news from Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous, and of course X Four, and we hear from Dual Universe and No Man's Sky and Halion. Sorry. I was waiting for you to skip it. I really was. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. They caught it. Go me ahead off guard there. Yeah. He almost threw up doing there. it. He couldn't yeah. get it out. One more time. One more time? You mean I actually yeah. have to reread that? <laughs> yes, you actually do. Uh, Tony, you're going to get the I f*** you face. <laughs> what? That's no. not the way that came out, right? That's not a... <laughs> that. that came out wrong. <laughs> You're going to want to redo that one. The, the correct phrasology is the Tony's a dick face. That's okay. yeah, that's the, that is the correct. Anybody say that before. That's the correct phrasology there. Yeah. We're, we, yeah. Wow. Uh, that was, there's anything wrong with that. Uh, that's one for the blooper reel. Uh, for the record books. Yeah. <laughs>
You were going to raise there, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wants a raise and a promotion, if you know what I mean. With his fingers up with a double entendres and everything. All right. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> Awapoa, and you guys are trying to get me with that. Is that Awapoa? I have no friggin' idea. We're gonna go how with Awapoa. So pronounce any. That's great. There you go. <clears throat> okay, now the next words get really gonna. Oh have come fun. on. Okay, you, you. I think that's Awapoa. Awapoa, gotcha. Thank you, Jeff. And then we're uh-huh. doing good. Santok Yai Fighter, and I'll bet you I, I did that pretty good. Santok Yai Fighter. I think that's great. <laughs> And, and the risk is that it's being run by the Smiling Dog crew. Uh, and oh my God, is it? I didn't realize that. No, you don't. You don't know that. Yeah, you yeah. I don't know that. For I don't sure. think that it is. <laughs> it's not. I don't think so. But I've I, talked to some of these guys. Yeah, okay. They seem cool okay. and discreet. Right. Forty-five you, minutes, and you haven't been blown up yet. Well, they're gonna, sorry, they're gonna, Jeff. We're enjoying gonna, the show. They're going to cut all. This. They're going to cut all this. We'll talk about it more next week. We'll talk about it more next week. Mikey, go ahead and cut all this stuff back from when we started talking about this, because now I'm going to say. Thanks for taking the time to read this and keep up the great world. The great what? It says world. Does, no, it doesn't. Oh, oh does it? It says just, we'll keep up the great world, too. I mean, we'll do that as well. Good world, no, no everybody. Problem. Okay. Now and, I, yeah. and Seath. We've made Anne Seath great again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I see it now. Uh, <laughs> broadcast glasses. <laughs> <Jeff's> <laughs> for, for those of you listening at home, Jeff has put his broadcast glasses right up to the screen.